Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Well, we made it through another week, right? By the grace of God, we made it through another week. But before I begin, I want to remind everyone that City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours. These tours are designed to give you a unique opportunity to learn the history of the New York City neighborhoods that you are currently running through. You can choose from 23 different tours, tours of neighborhoods in Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and the Bronx. For a list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Also, check out their live tours every Saturday at 10 a.m. on instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. Well, as I was saying earlier, we made it through another week and I want everybody to remember that God delivers. You hear what I say? He delivers all the time. And now deliverance in the religious sense of the word means that some that someone who is possessed of a demon, the evil spirit, is delivered or set free 
from the bondage of the disobedient spirit. Deliverance ministries common in many charismatic circles believe they have been given the supernatural ability by God to discern the influence or possession of demons in the lives of the people. So now this brings me to my topic today. Keeping with the mantle of truth that God has engulfed us with this year, let us talk about power and money. 1 Timothy 6.10 tells us that for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now that was from the King James, the New King James Version of the Bible. But let me read it to you from the Message Bible. But if it's only money these leaders are after, they'll self-destruct in no time. Lust for money brings trouble and nothing but trouble. Going down that path, some lose their footing in the faith completely and live to regret it bitterly ever after. Now, last week, I began speaking about truth and the importance that it would have in our lives this year especially as it pertains to our journey. And anyone that listened to last week's show, and for those of you that missed it, you can you can find it in my archives at Radio Free Brooklyn, on Spotify, and on iTunes. Now, you can recall that I was having a difficult time bringing that message last week. It had so many layers and with my show being only for one hour, it was hard for me to try to capture all the points that the Holy Spirit had given me and all while keeping it on a level that everyone would be able to understand and follow. But I got through it and this past week was proof as to why I had begun the first show of the year speaking about truth. We will get into the events of this week in op-ed, but for now, let's continue on the path that God has laid before us, which is understanding how power and money has been the root of everything that has transpired in America from its beginning. When we look at how the love of money and the pursuit of it solely with little regard to others and the power that one feels when they have this said money, has brought us to this place in this time, we have to remember back to the settlers which arrived here in America, right? They came here looking for economic gain in addition to religious freedom. Now, let's take a look back at how this land was settled and progressed to what we call the United States of America. I knew that money propelled the slave trade, but wasn't completely certain how it shaped the beginning of America from its foundation. So I did a little digging, and according to, according to history, that's the same entity that brings you the History Channel, when the pilgrims set sail from Europe in 1620, several powerful reasons propelled them to cross the Atlantic Ocean and to make new lives in America. But religious liberty was not their most pressing concern. 
like millions of immigrants that landed on our shores and through our airports, they too, the pilgrims, were economic migrants. In 1608, the pilgrims left England and set out to find a place where they could be free to worship as they wished. They found that place in the Dutch city of Leiden. They were free to worship and enjoyed much peace and liberty. But after working for more than 15 years in the textile industry in Holland, the pilgrims had little or nothing to show for them being there in Holland other than their religious freedom. The former farmers lived in poverty, did laboring long hours, got paid low wages for weaving, spinning, and making cloth. The pilgrims did not have to leave Dutch country to seek religious freedom. They had to leave Dutch country to make money because religious freedom they already had. What they were looking for was economic purpose. The pilgrims believed that the new world gave them the opportunity to also evangelize the Native Americans and advance the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in remote parts of the world, otherwise known as colonizing. So see, you see how it started out with the concept of religion. Yeah, we want freedom of religion. So they moved to go someplace where they can get freedom of religion. But then after being there and they couldn't survive, then it became, oh, let's go to America so that we can make money. Not, oh, let's go to America because we need religious freedom because they already had religious freedom where they were. So they brought all those ideas over to America with them. So now listen to this. It was profit-seeking corporations that launched England's first commercial outpost in America. Merchant adventurers supplied the capital that financed the Mayflower and its passengers and a year's worth of supplies. Now for that voyage, the merchant adventurers expected a return on their investment, right? Like who puts money into anything and doesn't expect to get a return from it? The pilgrims were expected to work for the company during their first seven years here in America. Each colonist over the age of 16 received one share for immigrating and working the land, which would be theirs along with any future profits after the expiration of the seven-year contract. But now check this out. There were other stipulations that were attached to sailing to America. Now, how many of you know that when it comes to other people's money attached to anything that you need to accomplish, there's always going to be several stipulations, right? The pilgrims were forced to take aboard the Mayflower other economic migrants who shared their quest for commercial success, but not their religious beliefs. These, air quotes, strangers, as the pilgrims called them, accounted for half of the Mayflower Mayflower passengers. When the strangers argued that they were no longer bound by the Virginia Company's charter after the Mayflower landed um, north of its target of Massachusetts in 1620, the Pilgrim leaders drew up the Mayflower Compact to set the rules for self-governance and to squash any potential rebellion. 
So here we see they were fighting before they stepped foot on American soil. You had one group believing something, right? And another group believing something else, much like what we have today. But all of it driven by money. It was a tough go for the new settlers to turn a profit in this new land, but eventually they did in selling beaver pelts. And you know that not everyone stayed in the same place. When those people landed on that Mayflower, especially the ones that weren't here, quote unquote, for religion, you know they went their separate ways, right? So people moved around, some venturing to the south of the country. And of course, when they got there, they were looking for what would turn them a profit, which turned out to be tobacco, cotton, sugar, indigo, rice, and other items like sweet potatoes, peanuts, and watermelon. So now you can see how it was crucial for them to find someone to do the work of harvesting if they were going to continue to make money. Hence, slavery. We discussed last year how slavery turned into racism. So with all that, fast forward to here we are now. Money is the beginning of how America was founded and not so much as they would want you to believe religion. Yes, they put religion into the mix because they were to an extent believers in God, but only for when it suited their purposes. So now that we've discussed the money part of America, let's get into the power part. I want to read you part of a letter that was written by Lord Acton, who was writing to a Bishop Crichton in 1887. It's not the person that wrote the letter or the one that received the letter as to why I want to read this to you. Because we neither one, we don't know who these people are. And it wasn't until I looked up the origin of what I'm about to read that I even found out that it was a part of a letter. But this is what I want us to re why I wanted to read this because I wanted us to um, understand why we remember the parts of this letter. And it starts out like this. I cannot accept your canon that we are to judge Pope and King, unlike other men, with a favorable presumption that they do no wrong. If there is any presumption, it is the other way against holders of power, increasing as the power increases. Historically, responsibility has to make up for the want of legal responsibility. Power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Great men are almost always bad men, even when they exercise influence and not authority. Still more, when you super add the tendency or the certainty of corruption by authority, there is no worse heresy than that the off than that the office sanctifies the holder of it. That is the point at which the negotiation of Catholicism and the negotiation of liberalism meet and keep high festival, and the end learns to justify the means. 
The letter goes on to speak about different people in history who have been either beheaded when he talks about Queen Elizabeth had Mary's head, you know, cut off and William the third had some Scotsman's head cut off. So he names different people throughout history at that time who had been who had been in power and um, had people killed. He even makes reference to Haman who Haman, if any, for my Bible scholars, they know that Haman is from the book of Esther, and he was the one who plotted to have Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle, and all the Jews killed because Mordecai refused to recognize him as a person of importance. But what I'm saying about all this is, the part I wanted to focus on is, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Whenever a person gains power over other people or things, it makes him or her corrupt. It destroys their nature and fills them with destructive pride. Couple that with the abundance of money and it's like throwing a match in a haystack. It's gonna burn. Power can have the tendency to corrupt and absolute power will corrupt, absolutely. This is exactly what we are seeing happening in our government, in our nation today, in the world, actually. God is warning us, preparing us. There is still yet more to be seen this year. He has given, he has given us a glimpse of what has been happening over time. Remember, we are being held to uphold truth this year. I find all of this so interesting and as with 2020 the year 2021 has turned on the highway of never a dull moment in time with that we're gonna go for a music break you have been listening to what would k say here on radio free brooklyn
touch from you 
Cause I've been there once and I'll go again Just as long as you're the one to take me in Like a free bird circling in the wind I'll fly to your case so you can take me in Oh, won't you take me I've been hard on myself lately Every morning I feel the way mm. When it's hard to just get out of bed Tell my heart Cause sometimes I forget That your mercies are
Cause your mercies are new today. Your mercies are new again and again.
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Kay Edwards. This week in op-ed, I would like to talk about what we witnessed. Something that I would have never imagined ever happening in American history in my lifetime. The White House was under siege. Now, the last time that happened was during the War of 1812 between the United States and England. British troops stormed the White House. Understandably, we were at war at that time. But, oh, excuse me, we are at war today, aren't we? America is experiencing an internal war that they have no idea how to handle. But the irony of it all is that there are many battles raging all over the place. Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, LGBTQIAPK Lives Matter, and numerous others. We have a president that has allowed power to corrupt him absolutely. His love of money has driven him to a place to a place to for this country has driven him his love of money has driven him to a to a place where he has be, has created alliances between countries that America would never have looked at twice before. For example, Russia and North, Northern Korea, right? I could point out, now I won't, I could, but I won't, because that could be a whole nother, a whole nother hour of the show. I could point out the disparity between how people of color, black, brown, Muslim, Asian, are treated and how white people are treated when exercising their First Amendment rights. But I'd rather go to another, I'd rather look at this from another angle because that was the obvious angle. Everybody saw that. Everybody watching what happened, everybody watching what took place on Wednesday, I believe it was, went with the mob storming the White House and climbing the wall, Everybody saw the disparity there. So I don't want to tackle that side. I want to tackle another side, right? So let's tie in what we were talking about at the beginning of the hour to what's going on here in op-ed. Now we're going to roll it back. In June 2016, Paula White allegedly converted Donald Trump to Christianity. And now... I shouldn't say allegedly because I have to be fair and I say I have to be fair because I can't question someone's belief, right? But it would be, it would certainly appear that he doesn't exude Christian tendencies unless you want to count that one photo op at the church during the Black Lives Matter protests and we all know that was only to bring attention back to himself because in his mind, he's thinking, 
how could the world possibly be interested in black people marching for justice and not paying attention to what I'm doing? How silly are they? But I also want to state that I'm not a bit surprised about everything that took place, right? It's really not surprising. If you know the history of America, if you know how America gets down with things, everything that happened right there should not be surprising. If they were allowed to walk into the state capital of Michigan with armed with, with armed with rifles and whatever else they were carrying, what makes the White House any more important? You know what I'm saying? But once again, I digress. So Donald Trump watched Paula White on her television show, and then he called her in 2002. Now, I'm going to give you the history of how they got linked up together, right? Then he brought her, he brought her to Atlantic City for private Bible studies and appeared on her television show. Hmm. Private Bible studies, a blonde pastor in Atlantic City giving private Bible studies. Hmm. Paula then stated that anybody who was against Donald Trump was operating in sorcery and witchcraft and that any person or entities that were aligned against the president would be exposed and dealt with and overturned by the superior blood of Jesus. She had suggested that criticism of her belief is a political ploy just to hurt the president. All this was coming from the group that, keep in mind, and reference it back to Wednesday, the group that believed in law and order, and I'm doing all this with air quotes, believed in law and order, believed in making America great, and believed in upholding the Constitution. What we have to remember and take from all this, people, is words are powerful, and we've discussed that many times here on this show. Words are powerful. And we saw this week how one speech incited a group of people to do the unthinkable. Words misused can be and are dangerous, right? Money and power. That is what all this chaos is about. And the Republicans that refused to say anything against the president because, why do you think? Because they are making money too and they don't want to lose their sense of power. It's all tangled up, mixed up like coffee with cream. It's all the same thing. People, look, this train started rolling out the station when Barack Obama became president of the United States. And I know everybody wants to say, don't keep going back there. Why we keep going back there? Because you have to go back to where all this mindset started from. First of all, the mindset was already there. It was dormant. It was like the cicada. You know how they only come out 
certain times of the year. They don't come out all the time, but they live underground and they're still just living there until it's time for them to raise their heads and fly all over the place and land everywhere. This is what they are. They're cicadas. They only come out when they know that it's safe or they feel that the atmosphere is safe for them to do all of what they want to do. It's just like back in segregated times where you had the clan, and I'm not saying these people are clans, but you had the clan, they would come out, they would want to, um, you know, light crosses on people's homes, make them afraid because they wanted to show the power that they had. It's the same thing they're trying to do now. But the difference is, the difference is, a lot of them have made it into Congress. A lot of them have made it into situations and positions that they have power. And now to have these little other cicadas coming up, messing up everything going on with everybody else, they don't want that. It was fine until they started threatening everyone's life. It was fine as long as it stayed in one area. It was fine as long as it did not directly impact their way of living or existing and moving. But when they went to that White House on Wednesday and showed their true colors, there's no way you could have denied that. And even the ones that's standing up there trying to deny it, they even know they can't deny it. But they're doing it for other reasons. Once again, power and gain. That's what it's all about. But you know what? They can try and change it. They can try to change the story of it. They can try and say that, oh, he did call the National Guard, but the National Guard didn't come in time and all the other stuff that they want to try to paint to make those in America who weren't really paying attention act like, oh, well, you know, he was still the president and he did what he could do to stop all this. It's already gone too far and they've already showed their hand. So going forward, we just have to pay attention, people, and just recognize it for what it is. And that being that money and power coupled with ignorance is a dangerous Molotov cocktail. There is so much more I could say on this subject, but the spirit is now uh, not allowing me. I'm just going to leave it there and th I'm just going to leave it there to go anyplace else with it would diminish the, the true meaning and the understanding that he wants us to glean from this whole entire situation. So I'm not going to do that. We need to recognize it and call it for what it is. Last year, we talked about being prepared with the armor of God. We spoke about spiritual warfare and how it looks. We are seeing it all come to pass. But stay tuned. There's plenty more to come. But while we put on our discerning eyes to see what is on the horizon, stay covered with prayer. Make sure you know your word and you guard it in your heart. And when you need to call on God, make sure you know what to say and how to say it. And call him by his names because we learn those too. All those teachings that we went through last year, like I said, everything that happened last year was more than just happening last year. It was for us to be able to do what we need to do in this year. So let's go back into our, our minds and remember everything that took place. Remember the teachings and everything that we learned here on the show. And let's put it to use. 
let's really put it to use because this year you think what we saw Wednesday was something you ain't seen the half yet trust and believe trust and believe and that has been op-ed my time is growing short and this month's word is as you know truth we're going to start off the year with the word that we're going to be weaving into everything we do every month and our promise for today is coming from Amos 5 14 and 15 seek good and not evil that you may live so the Lord God of hosts will be with you and as you have spoken hate evil love good establish justice in the gate it may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. With that, I'd like to say, everyone be careful. COVID is still out there. They now have this new strain of COVID. But of course, it's like the flu. You know, you get the flu, but then they have other strands of the flu. So now it's starting to do its thing. It's starting to mutate and become something else, which we knew it was going to do anyway. But now they're saying this one is even more contagious than the first one. So who knows? Just make sure you wash your hands twice as long now and twice as many times as you do throughout the day. Keep your mask on. Social distance if you have to be around others. Stay safe. Stay protected. For those of you who have taken the, the vaccination, um, the vaccine has taken, you know, for those of you who have taken the shot, I applaud you. I know some people who have taken it. So far, they haven't said anything. You know, they haven't said that they feel any certain way. So, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching to see. And yeah, that's all I have for you. This has been a very, you know, it's been an exciting week. It's been a eye opener of a year so far. And we'll just see where it goes from here, right? So with that, I say stay safe. Take care of one another. Be good, be kind to one another, and until we meet again next week, God willing, peace.
Tears, the pain helped me overcome my fears. 